Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. And today I have, believe it or not, she's one of my favorite people on planet Earth. As we go and unravel this conversation, you're going to find out that I might not be at the top of her list of favorite people, but hopefully by the time of this, she'll realize how much I look up to her, how much I respect her, how much I care for her. Uh, a lot of us know her through... Uh, television and reality TV, I know her because she's just a great person, a great friend, married my best friend, um, and they met through a really crazy television show. She's an entrepreneur. Uh, she is a full-time wife, a full-time mom, and to me, Catherine Lowe epitomizes what it's like to go and put your priorities in line, and she's laughing because it's weird for her to have all these compliments <laughs> thrown at her by someone that uh, we've had like this brother-sister relationship where I'm the little brother that gets beat up by the big sister, except I'm older than her. But uh, the guest today is Catherine Lowe. Catherine, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> thanks for having me. Before we get started, what would be your top 50 things about me and our friendship? I like that you're tall. One. That's, 49 that's, left. That's, yeah. I love your wife. Two. That counts. There we go. That's, I love my wife, too. That's it. No, Catherine and I met, we, we met at a, a fun time in our lives where uh, her and Sean were about to get married and I was kind of a friend that uh, entered the picture through business and then um, just, I was the guy on the couch, you know, I was the guy that I didn't technically sleep there, but I was just kind of always there and then um, <laughs> wedding night, it got awkward because like, very awkward, I, no. <laughs> can't, we can't get into that, no. okay. Um, but no, you, you're, you're, you you have a Midas touch, and I think that that's a really rare trait in anybody. And everything that you do, you go full throttle. And whether, again, it's your your faith, it's your family, it's worshiping at church, it's being a mom, it's you're, you own three companies, which we're going to get to. Uh, and this was all kind of part of who you were before the world fell in love with you. But may, maybe get us to the point where wh who was Catherine before she was Catherine the public figure? Well, I thought that... Um I, when I lived in Seattle before I met Sean Lowe, and I was very involved in the community and getting to know people and going to events, but like fun events where there's music all, all the time or cider festivals, I volunteered and I, um, I, I liked to meet a lot of people and I was a graphic designer at Amazon and I had a great family life. My mom always lived either, I either lived with her or I lived within walking distance to her. So I had a very strong relationship with my family. And uh, I'm exactly who you, who I was on the show. Uh, that's what I was before the show. And I hope that that's who I still am. Do you get tired of talking about the show and The Bachelor? And I'm sure obviously it's a, it's a big reason that you're where you're at because you literally yeah. would not have met your husband. But real question is that ever just get you're like okay i get it like that was i think if if i'm gonna say the only thing that bothers me is when people are like how was that as yeah. if it's like an easy thing to just casually say how was that yeah. i just met you that's all they say yeah. that's the only annoying thing because if it's a specific question i'm happy to divulge but i think kind of putting it that easily is is very challenging and yeah. it's kind of weird to ask do you mind if i ask our first question don't ask me that how was it? <laughs> I knew you were going to do I'm that. I'm joking. But like, okay, but like for real, to, to put yourself in a situation where you're potentially exposed to the world and you're on a national platform and social media, you know, this was this was 10, 10 years ago, y'all. Yeah. Social media was a thing, but it wasn't the thing mm -hmm. that it is now. But what went through your head knowing that you had a personal brand, you were Catherine, the independent woman in the Pacific Northwest, working for Amazon, attending cider festivals, you know, a family person. As you started to kind of evolve and realize that it was a real thing, you're going to be on national television, the number one show probably on TV at the time, with someone who was already a very public figure. What went through your head to prepare for that? 
which again, 10 years later has turned you into an incredible entrepreneur that has stayed true to your roots. Well, honestly, I was a little nervous because I, I wasn't only about my career. I think I've always led somewhat of a balanced life. I go to work, I work, and then I leave at five and I go have my social life or I go have my family time. But at the time, I really was considerate of how is this show and what I'm perceived as, whatever editing might happen, will I get a job after this? So I called somebody that I admired in the advertising world in New York and I asked him, is this going to affect me? Should I do it? Because I was trying to just check to see, okay, my family doesn't really care if I'm on it. They just think it's kind of silly and they support me, but don't really care. Um, how is it going to work for me professionally? And he was like, don't do it. It's mm. going to be terrible for really? you. Yeah, because, and I found out afterwards that it does hinder a lot of opportunity yeah. as much as it gives you because people are distracted. Yeah. And so if you have a job and they see you, let's say I was a villain, nobody would want to work with me. Or, hey, you know what? You're going to be a distraction to the team. That's not my fault. Yeah. But those are things that come with that level of not notoriety, but popularity or, yeah. you know, so. Which is coincidental because if y'all know Sean's story, and I, I knew Sean before The Bachelor, but I didn't really, I wasn't close to him until after the season was over. But his story, for the most part, is he didn't even know he was signed up for it. So it was almost, you know, this kind of kismet or serendipitous thing that y'all both yeah, met. Yeah, uh, the same thing for me. I, I knew I didn't sign myself up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, Your sisters, I'm assuming? My best friend. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Are you so still friends both, with her? Yeah, she's my best friend Okay, still. good. Thank God. Okay, so, <laughs> so you went into this with, with a, a really, again, it's the whole purpose of this podcast is it wasn't going to make or break you. You didn't mm -hmm, need it. Right. You knew who you were before. You were a celebrity, a household name. And again, fast forward now to where... On any given day, you could post something and literally touch tens of millions of people. What was your headspace before you you got there, knowing that you were mentally prepared? Well, honestly, I feel like the show itself um, and understanding what I needed to not attract Sean Lowe, but to really have something special and real with him is to be my whole self. He had only dated Dallas Cowboy Chillers before me, okay? I'm not a model. I was not the you know prettiest girl on the show. And I was like, okay, if he takes me in my- Yes, you were. No, no, I'm, I'm yes, serious. You... I'm not trying to like ask for compliments. I, there's a lot of pretty girls and I was, I was cute, but I didn't have the bikini body. And so I was like, you know what? If I am exactly who I am and he takes it, then I know he's there for me. If he wants a bikini girl, he has an option. Go ahead, look at somebody and be with somebody who has, you have an opportunity to be with that looks really good. And I'm going to be fully myself because I thought the show was a matchmaking. But, but that's such a perfect snippet for this whole premise of why I'm actually doing this is the law of attraction is a very, very real thing across the board. But even with that, if you could go in and slow it down, what did that look like in your head? Where what you've done, what you've done as an individual is unheard of. And to do it with three companies, a family, all the other stuff with priorities in line. What, 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 what kind of training did you go through mentally knowing that you were potentially setting yourself up for heartbreak or humiliation or whatever, which again, I think in business, for me, my background was I sucked at everything. And so my biggest fear in life and relationships was someone saying yes. So what, what was that like? Get us inside your head for just kind of the mental prep for that. Honestly, it was a God thing. I, I was not aware of any of these things, but I knew beforehand, I was a, I have always this sounds really bad, but I've always liked my personality. I am totally confident in who I am. Yeah. Um, but outside appearances, there's a lot of insecurities, but 
I was like, okay, I'm going to be exactly who I am. And if that matches exactly who he is, then we could do this. And if he is kissing on somebody else, I saw that as matchmaking. Oh, I could see how that they could work together. You know, I didn't see him as mine. So when I saw him kissing someone else, yeah, it didn't feel good, but I could also see why they would be doing that and what they're getting out of it. And so I saw it really as an individual thing. Okay, if they're meant to be together, then then they're supposed to be together. If he's meant to be with me, then he'll be with me. So I didn't really see it as a threat or a competition. I just thought it as matchmaking. And other than that, I think God really protected my heart from spiraling because that could be super easy to do in that situation. So uh, just as far as, again, I don't want to talk about TV, yeah. but the whole time. When you did it, social media was not what it is now. And I Which think I'm that, grateful but, for. But I'm saying it just proves the intentions of both of you all. You go on there to really genuinely find love, where now everyone's hoping to be the villain, where they get a million followers and they can parlay that into sponsorship deals for the next couple hours until they realize they have no true talent. But again, it worked out. you know. And I think that that gave you a, a different kind of preparation. But what was it like? You know, you're thrown into the limelight, but you're also thrown in to success. And you're put in a place where I think that some people that have been on the show, they've gone viral, whether it's through reality TV, social media, or something that they've come up with, and they're really not prepared for what it's like to go from A to Z real quick. You know, and for someone like me, it was just grind it out, don't quit. I mm-hmm. never had this like shortcut viral moment, which, you know, I would prefer the, the other option. But w- what was that like? What, what was it like going from being, have fun with this, put yourself out there, holy crap, I've met my person, holy crap, I have to keep it quiet holy crap, we're never going to have the life that I had two weeks prior. And then you go and take all that, keep your priorities in line and then become an entrepreneur. So what, what was like that couple month journey after it was a very real thing? Well, it was extremely challenging. Of course. I mean, um, we had to keep it quiet for nine, uh, was it three months? I think. So I, I went back to my job that I had in Seattle. Uh huh. I didn't know that. Went back to Amazon, got back where they knew where you were. Yeah, they knew where I was. They'd seen the rumors that I had won and I had to be a shell of myself, which was really hard because uh-huh. before that I was used to, oh, I'm going to go on dates. I'm going to tell everybody about it. And I'm really bubbly and everybody knows my business to kind of just this shell. And I have to be quiet or, you know, I'm going to break my contract. But I feel like what Sean and I did really well on the show was be ourselves. And that gave us the freedom to, after all of this happened, we didn't have to pretend. So that um, feeling of knowing that the people on the show knew that I wasn't somebody who got dolled up all the time, knew that I didn't wear makeup all the time, I didn't have to go to the grocery store wearing a bunch of makeup or feeling like because I did this for TV, I have to do this in real life or everyone's going to be really disappointed in what I look like really. So to this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like to this day, yeah, yeah, I I, I kept up exactly who I was because there's freedom in that. It's not, oh my gosh, who's watching me? I have to act this way. Um, and so today I can still go to the grocery store. I can still go. You almost put on makeup to hide. (laughs) Well, I don't wear, I don't know how to put on makeup that well to, to know how to hide, but, um, it's just, I think that's what Sean and I have, uh, people have seen and have liked about us, but it's also given us freedom and confidence. If someone comes up to us as us and say, says, I like you, then that's real and it's genuine because they know who we are. Yeah. 
And so it's a it's a stroke to our ego to say, oh my gosh, we love you. We're rooting for you. We love your family. That's such a genuine thing because we've opened up our lives into who we really are that when people approach us, it's like we're friends because they know who we are and they accept that and they are supporting us. So loaded question. Uh, answer this however you see oh, fit. Great. Okay. Knowing how authentic and real and genuine you are, literally, as, as genuine as it comes, you got a background in advertising. You also worked for the world's largest company, for the world's wealthiest man, Jeff Bezos. Um, what did you find yourself fighting the fact that like this is marketable? It's like we have a, I have a kid, Abby and I have a kid now, and if I want to post on social media, I'm posting because I love my daughter. But right. I still struggle with the fact that oh my god, are people thinking I'm posting this because I want to get exposure and likes? And and, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of go mess with that. With you, the background in advertising, did you have a point where you're like, well, this is marketable and this could help how did you go and balance between the genuine you know outside of your private home life knowing that it could actually turn into opportunity you know and just did, did that ever was that ever a struggle for you i don't know if no, i'm saying that no. succinctly and I, no, I understand I, I i never had a manager i never um i was sean is the star he was the lead he was on the show prior he was on dancing with the stars so i how did he do on dancing with the stars did he win no he did not win. why he's not a good dancer he does i'm not i'm not <laughs> I love my husband, but he knows that is not his strongest uh, skill. Um, so I kind of just watched and piggybacked off some things that made sense and were genuine. But one of our best friends is our manager, Matt Kirshner, shout yeah. out. And he really saw the things in me. I'm marketing design. I, I'm not really thinking about who I am as a brand. I, I now see that. But at the time, you don't know the yeah. level that you have. I just knew myself as Sean Lowe's partner. You know, I wasn't the person that was identifiable by myself. Yeah, but you are, obviously. Well, now I can see that it's still that same brand. It's not like I'm adding things to it. It's just exactly who I am and who I've changed into as a mother. I wasn't a mother then. I, you know, wasn't going to, I was going to clubs before and now I'm not. And so. Like country clubs? No. Oh, like. Clubs like a nightclub. Yeah, I mean, we went to Vegas. We did. We were fun, and we did some things that were young. I, and- I went a few times <laughs> with you. So, I was there. Did you? Yeah, I went to Jersey with Sean. Oh, he actually just told me about that yesterday, and I was like, I don't remember that. You're it was married. like an Italian like, something. Yeah, right? it was. It was this like. It a was, restaurant opening, right? Yeah. He would the, literally tell, said that yesterday. I was like, I have no recollection of that. Yeah, we even were there I for one go. day, and yeah. it was a, a celebrity grand opening. It was Sean and Mr. Belding from Say by the Bell. No, there was somebody else too, right? Some girl from a vampire show. And Fat Joe. And I had oh, a, Fat Joe is what I had said. a couple too many cocktails, and I ended up going on stage and did a song with Fat Joe, and here we are. Yeah, I'm, so we, we had fun before kids, but to at least have the genuine, like authentic path that I've been on, I'm appreciative of all the people that have followed me through that and supported me through that. Big time support. Oh, but, yeah. But again, back to the advertising lever and you've got a tiger by its tail. And I think that, you know, it's like being a realtor. Every day there's a new real estate person, not like being a realtor, but yeah. there's almost 100,000 people that do what I do in the city of Dallas. And so for me and in the country, there's a few million. How do I say top of mind? How do I go and be the guy that's doing what no one else is doing where I'm always always right there when they think of real estate or podcast or whatever the heck it is that I'm obsessing over. But with y'all, you know, the thing that you have 
backing up against you is there's a new season coming out, right? Which means like you might be less relevant, you might be less, you know, popular or whatever every time a new person comes out. And we all would know y'all if I wasn't friends with you. You're the most successful couple in the history of the most successful franchise in the history of literally American television. But your success, number one, is that you're a happy couple, you love each other, you love the Lord. Number two is on the business front. And so at what point did you go and have these ideas where you have three companies that you have complete control and ownership of? What was the evolution of that? Well, While having babies and you got six, <laughs> well, four, and two. Six, four, and two? Six, four, and two. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I like to have that five o'clock, I'm out. You know, I, I'd put in my hours and now I want to have my private time. But my fun idea when I was pregnant with Samuel, who's my first, was, you know what, I want to be able to, to still uh, create and, and do my passion, which is design and create ideas and do use my resume, use my skills and be fulfilled. Um, so I was like, why not start something when I was pregnant, which was the stupidest idea. Very, I, I would not advise a pregnant woman to start a company um, unless you like have to. So um, I thought it was going to be easy, and it has not been easy. But What's it the has company been, called? What is okay, it? Okay, Loco, which is crazy, right? Loco. Crazy. But it's the it's punny, right? You know, L O E, L O W E C O. There we go. Yes. Loco. So yes, I, we always say Spanish for crazy, English for chic. Oh, <laughs> well, I like that. So what? But I'm ha- what, what, where the brainchild come from? You're pregnant with your first kid. Life is moving very fast. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I you're in a new city. Right. Going to a new church making new friends, you uproot your entire life from 1,500 miles away, you know nobody here, you're trusting one person you met on a television show, you get married, you meet Rogers, you become best friends, and then life just kind of happens. But yeah, you know, we're, we're gonna- <laughs> Not we're, really on we're, that we're, way. We're getting there, it wasn't, it wasn't a clear path. But, but I mean, what, what was the actual like moment? You're like, okay, I'm gonna go leverage this, I'm gonna leverage my skill set yeah. with a brand that I have access to that I have complete control over, and I'm gonna start my first company. Well, I um, I was actually applying to, to Neiman Marcus. I was applying to Fossil and all the brands that go with Fossil. And Neiman Marcus was actually the first time I heard, I don't think you'd be a good fit because you're famous. Really? And I was really jarred by that. I was like, well, what? That's not, that's your team. You need to manage your team. Also, the luster wears off after two weeks. No one's going to care. But regardless, I was trying to work because I love working. I love being around people. I wanted to get to know people. I wanted to use my skill and my passion and create things. And so once I realized that that nine to five doesn't fit with our schedule of appearances and getting to travel and all these things that I, and then leave to do maternity leave, I wanted to pivot and I realized that during the wedding planning, I loved creating the save the dates and I loved being in the paper for your own wedding for my own wedding and own wedding sorry i mean to pluralize it yeah. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. a bigger thing than just a wedding but um i realized that i really liked that touch and feel of stationery and cards and so when i looked at the vast amount of brands out there that were doing stationery and foil was hugely apparent i was like okay no i want to do blind and boss that's elevated and i got to use my funny sayings which was also something that i really enjoyed doing like your wallpaper yeah creating sayings and i created a my wallpaper for my kids nursery um i just kind of married that and and 
got to know the industry here. And it was challenging because I didn't know anybody. And in Seattle, I could have known a ton of people to network and be able to create this. But also on the other side, I wasn't somebody known. So here I could leverage, okay, people know me, um, but it's been really hard too because I want the brand and I want my my actual uh, products to stand on their, themselves without me. I don't want it to be without your name. Without yeah, I want them to be good products without yeah. having to just be selling them because it's me. It's like when a celebrity's kid gets a movie deal or a record deal and they suck. Yeah. It's like oh, of course your last name is Coppola or Pitt or yeah. Healy. So you'd rather huh. like you know Nicolas Cage? He's yeah. like I'm not a Coppola. I want to be Nicolas Cage. I want to be known for who I am and what I bring to the table. Yeah. And so that's kind of... Thank you of, for catching the rep, but... Yes, of course. But then there's some people you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you get and, it. Yeah, so I, I, I was grappling with, okay, well, I have this huge amount of followers, but they're not the people that will buy my elevated um, stationery. So you're you're trying to figure out, do I, do I de-elevate my design aesthetic or do I just kind of set aside who I am to create something I really love and that's really the way I've done it and it's been a ch it's been a challenge that's the question because I've taken it out so there's the question your, your first question from one entrepreneur to another do you remember the first time you got your butt handed to you in, in, with loco where you're like okay this is actually a different kind of work than maybe I thought or this is you know I think that when you're an entrepreneur yeah. you're a business owner you live on an island and you trust people but then you realize a lot of times it falls on you and what was the first moment with your first company well while pregnant yeah. how, how pregnant were you when you started it like five months so maybe. you're pregnant I mean, yeah you're, you're yeah like, i was in the middle of it yeah. yeah so what was the first time where you launched this thing and i'm assuming you launched with social media strategy with no because i wanted it to be something and it was this weird place where i'm like okay it's gonna be mine but i don't want my face to be all over the place because i want it, the product to speak for themselves so I would get meetings with a huh. lot of people and I sold a lot of people on the product because it was a good product. Huh. But then once it was on the shelves, like I, I sold Swoozies, a huge, uh, like Swoozies is awesome. Yeah. I sold Swoozies, Swoozies my cards. And once I sold it to them and I, you know, they had to take them off the shelves because they weren't selling because my name and my face weren't attached to them and there, there weren't four Swoozies they're more 4510. They're more for elevated all the, places all that where they can touch. And think yeah. boutique, uh, neighborhood yes. versus like Mass. Neiman yeah, like, Marcus. Yeah. Like swanky, mm -hmm. kind of um, the a, a different affluent Like audience. at Target, you're not going to want to go there and get white on white stationery. Yeah. You're not. So it was kind of like trying to figure out what who my brand was without me in it. And if I wanted me in it, then it would change the dynamic of my aesthetic. So it's that one really was like, oh shoot, now I have to pivot and figure out, do I have a place in this? Yes, I do, because it's my company and I love it. And so then I started adding my picture to the display. And to, Which is part of your brand. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I I'm, I'm had, had a hard time with it because I was thinking I want it to stand on its own. So catch us up to today. So here we are, essentially September of 22. You started the company six and a half years ago. What's the latest, uh, you know, success story with with Loco? So I, I Loco is doing great, but we have plantable cards, which is a huge hit. What does that mean? There's uh, wildflower seeds, herb seeds embedded That's what the into cards the paper. Are made out of? Yes. So you plant the paper. Mm -hmm, exactly. It's like Inspector Gadget for. Uh, for <laughs> it's very green hippie, which is kind of where I came from, but it's yeah. also elevated. So, 
Um, and then everything's composed, like the compostable sleeves and the recycled paper envelopes. I love that collection because it's super conscious and it's very me. Um, but what we kind of pivoted to was Low Concierge, which is my gifting company. Well, hold on, we got it, but we got to get Loco. I want to make sure we give oh, right, the, the right, right. Prop- and Loco has Loco's great. So if people want to buy Loco yes. stationery, go Loco.com. So go crazy. G O L O W E C O.com. And the Rogers discount code is there's. <laughs> There's not so, one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so you, you have a successful business while you become, you're a new wife, you're almost a mom, the company takes off after you kind of figure out how to fine tune it, which most people would have quit, you didn't. Very competitive industry where not everybody needs stationery. So you had to go pinpoint who your audience was and then your creative starts working, your creative brand. At the same time, you're an entrepreneur finding success. So it's this interesting crossroads of creative with strategy. Then what? What was the next company? What was the next um, idea? Well, I I think I was so excited about the cards and I knew that there was an opportunity to help the Dallas area with gifting because, and the whole concept came up because if Sean Lowe had forgotten my our anniversary, I would have been really mad and he would have slept on the couch. So I was thinking, oh my gosh, all these men in Dallas who are very successful, mostly men, don't know the dates, don't know what to get their wives or their daughters or their sisters or their assistants. Um, and they're busy. By the way, there's women in here helping us and they're all shaking their head like, yep, I get no, it. No, they don't know anything. So it. we created this company called Low Concierge, which is a luxury um, gifting service. It's referral based. So we, we mostly now work with just businesses to successfully deliver and conceive gifts for their clients for during the holidays but originally it was intended for the public and you could just map out on january 1st you could map out the days for the rest of your year to say okay i know abby's birthday's this i know our anniversary's this november 17th march 21st and then valentine's day and all these dates so you know all those dates all the men know the dates all the assistants know the dates all you have to do is tell us your budget and we deliver on that day. So if it's October 17th. With a low code note. Yes, a handwritten card. See, there card. you go, cross, cross yes. pollinating. And I, love, I love a hand delivered gift. I think that right now cuts through the noise. Yeah. It really makes it feel special. And I've gotten a couple of those before from friends here in Dallas. And I just re- remember how special I felt. And so we created a company where we do that and it makes me so happy. So that's kind of where we are right now. Company number two. Company number two. Now let's, and by the way, y'all, uh, Catherine is still a young buck. And <laughs> uh, company number two, uh, what came first, Isaiah or company number two? Isaiah, Which I think. Is I don't know, honestly. <laughs> four-year-old. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was almost probably started the new company when I was pregnant because so, pregnant women are crazy. Which, they really are. Which, they want to no, move too, usually. No, com- which is great for me. <laughs> Here we are with a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. Any coincidence that you have also a furniture company, which is how old? Three years old? Yeah, about three years old. Which seems right around the same time that Mia was in <laughs> your stomach. So there's I a think trend- it, might, it might be longer than that. Shalom's going to kill me for saying No, it was three and a half years that. ago. Because okay. it was, I remember at a ranch I had, I ordered the world's most comfortable sofas, which amazing. we still have. Okay, so Loco to Low Concierge 2. I'm going to give a major shout out to this. Home by Sean and Catherine. I'm six foot five, 230 pounds, and I can promise you, no joke, it's the world's most comfortable furniture. End of story. 
Period. And it's stylish, and it's for a. I mean, it's we have tons of products, people, right, right, but, right. It's comfortable, and um, but no, that was Sean Lowe's baby. So I've helped him through design. I've helped him through just trying to figure out what would work. But originally, it was because his one of his best friends is in the furniture industry. Her, his father is someone a big player in the wholesale furniture com- business. Joseph Lazy Boy. No, his name is Steve Silver. Oh. Okay, don't don't confuse, okay? So um, he and his best friend started Factory Girl a long time ago. He and his best friend and uh, sister. And that was, he was known to own a boutique, which I thought was funny for Sean Lowe. But he ended up kind of parlaying his business partner and best friend's dad's industry into something that was for us. And we asked for our wedding present, we asked for one of their sectionals, but we kind of modified it a little bit. That got so much buzz on our Instagram that the, that's where it started. The pit. The pit. Never. The pit started. So Chelsea was the first um, thing that we really conceptualized. And then we did photo shoots and we created more products. And now we're very successful in Wayfair. And I'm very proud of my husband and Clay Silver, his business partner. And they've created something very cool. Very cool. Very how, cool. How, very successful. How do you go and disrupt the furniture industry? You just do it. And you did it based off what works for y'all. Okay. So we talked about three businesses. Again, Loco, Low Concierge, home by Sean and Catherine. Their website, homeandshawnandcatherine.com. And then you can go to Wayfair and, and plug it in as well. But the most important business that you run is the Low family. <laughs> and, and I think that uh, that's something that people that know you, whether it's from online or in person, that's your priority. And again, the root of this whole podcast of not being a sellout, how have you done all of this while maintaining san- you know, sanity and also perspective and priority? Well, we are blessed that God gave us the family that we have. We are, We never have a day where we're not like what is happening how is this our life and so when we get to look at each other and say this is the most important thing to us and we will continue to make sure that one god is the center of all of this our family is right outside of it and then everything else is extra and we're grateful for every opportunity to be able to use our passions or use our business sense to create things and to share it with people and our platform. We're very grateful for that, but we know what's most important. And we know that our children are, are, you know, one of our priorities. And we've, we've really, I think both had had that at the top of our minds since we've had children. What about just from staying true to yourself and knowing that most people, most people are weak. Okay, I don't think there's a lot of people that are just black and white, strong, like you know the difference between right and wrong and you stay on that path. Has that been remotely difficult knowing that you have access, you have access to everything? Literally, you could go and press a button and get access to anything on planet Earth. Is that hard or is that something that makes life a little bit easier? Um, We are blessed with that. We are grateful for that. But I think we have our own compass and Sean is a very good guide for me. He's always been, he's always been so strong in his faith, consistent in exactly who he is. And um, he has been blessed. Like he has this umbrella over him. He is covered. Yeah. And to watch him and what he does um, is really inspiring, but we really just are discerning in our everyday um, you know, choices. And we've made 
mistakes together and we've realized okay that was probably not the best move we're gonna try better next time we're gonna say i'm sorry that was probably not the right thing like we were on marriage boot camp the worst choice ever two weeks of craziness it was not god-centered we were like we are so sorry we have to be more discerning. And the only way to make that better is to put Sean on America's Worst Chefs. <laughs> that was actually really fun. I was grateful that he was on that. Um, but yes, yeah, so he, we have to, because there, there's nothing really bad, you know, whatever, who cares? That I'm just we, we still have fun, right. But discernment comes from wisdom and we're asking God for wisdom and discernment is hard. Yeah. So to know, okay, if I am asked to be on Billion Dollar Buyer, is that going to is that going to help my walk with Christ, or is it going to point me in the other direction? And you really have to check yourself. And I think Sean Lowe does a really good job with checking his pride and making sure that what he chooses to do. He just got asked to do a job that he um, was thinking about a lot of money, and it wasn't something that he thought was righteous. So he said, "Thank you for the offer." I'm going to say no to that because it's not something that I would want someone I'm looking up to to promote. Was it this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why uh, he said no to you five times. Oh, no, no, no. It's I'm, obviously I'm just kidding. not this. No, but I, not, and, and that's the stuff that people don't get to see. But that's what, again, you're, you're such an authentic and easy person to relate to. Even if people don't have stuff in common with you, they appreciate the fact that you're always true to yourself. And, 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 and again, back to the marketing question and, and how to do it. But again, with the platform that you have, and obviously being a public figure, you can go and promote a cup company, a toothpaste company, a car company, and some stuff, it just makes sense. But what's the, do y'all have like a couple or a company you look up to and you try to go and get inspiration from? What, what What's the process for going and seeing if somebody is right for your family's brand? Well, I think just looking at the product and seeing uh, would this hurt our testimony? Is it genuinely something that we would use? Is it something that we would want other people to use? Um, you know, we were approached by like a, a vodka company and you're like, like we drink cocktails sometimes, but is that really something that one, you guys would like to be in? You know, I don't think we're the right people for you. Yeah. Like, Target audience is something that I learned, the first thing that I learned in advertising. You have to know your target audience. And we, I think, know who our target audience is, and we respect them, and we're grateful for them, that we are trying to be discerning for them, for our family, and to create that, um, you know, the connection and the long-lasting connection and the trust of people that follow us and support us. Who are you? If you're a brand, who are you? Uh, wholesome. No, but like what, what brand yeah. are you? Oh, what brand am I? Oh gosh. This is a fun question. Maybe like, not honest, but one of the honest tea company. No, like honest, um, Jessica Alba's oh, company. Okay. So it's like for babies and it's using good products yeah. for your baby. But Something probably in like the wholesome baby product is who I am probably. Pampers. No, Pampers is not what that's like mass produced. Oh, there's but some. But I love, I mean, I you we've used all yeah. types of diapers. But Coterie, have you heard of this? Oh, Coterie's too fancy. That's what Abby has. That one's, yeah, that's we probably, yeah, that's more for Abby everything than me. But, and it's not Abby, but we I mean, got they're it. Great, there's great options for everyone. Coterie, and if you're listening, we'd love a sponsorship deal because this <laughs> little kid it is, a, it is a really good <laughs> brand of diapers. Yeah. But me as a person is probably more approachable somebody that you can trust and i hope that i'm like that lamborghini <laughs> not lamborghini um 
Okay, people that are watching this today and in the future, and you're going to give them advice, um, multi-leveled advice. The first layer of advice is going to be for an entrepreneur. What's your advice to an entrepreneur? Make sure that you have passion for what you're doing. I think that has been the only reason why I haven't given up my companies because it's been great to not have to rely on my businesses for our income, but um, I do it because I have passion. And I think that that fire and that uh, appreciation you have for your product and to keep going is what can carry you through a lot because there's a lot of failures. Yeah. And if you just have that passion and that dedication, I mean, commitment is something that Sean and Ilo always say is the reason why we're together. We have committed ourselves and there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm not saying that that's the way I feel about my companies, but if you have commitment and passion, it can, t it can take you very far. Question number two, same question, but for women business owners. Oh gosh, I, you know what? When I was starting Loco, I could not have, and I still to this day still talk about Chelsea Carpenter of Southern Fried Paper. She really helped me and held my hand and trusted me to share contacts. And I, I, I didn't know anything about the industry over here. I didn't know anybody in the business, but I knew this girl named Chelsea Carpenter. And she had paper goods, but she was mostly about creating pieces for weddings. Um, and I called her up one day and I'm, I said, I'm sorry if I'm crossing the line. I really don't know. I'm trying to just build my business. Uh, can I, is, it, is it really mean of me to ask who your paper vendor is? And she was like, you know what, girl? We got to stick together. We have to support each other. And I'm happy to share my paper, my, my paper supplier with you. Mm -hmm. And from that day on, I vowed to always help another woman with their business because we're, we're few. There's, there's few successful female-owned businesses. There's growing. They're growing. But I think if we're in this together and we're helping each other genuinely, we're we're gonna they're gonna continue to grow. I love it. Number three, spouse advice. <laughs> um, know that the other person is never trying to be malicious. Now that's not true in all cases, but for the most part, guys are just dodos and they're not trying to do things maliciously. God made you guys different than us, and I've given Sean Lowe in the last probably year. I've realized. He's not built the same way as me. He doesn't can't multitask the same way as me. He can't anticipate things that are going to happen. He doesn't have the instincts that I do that God put in me. Sean is so, weak. Sean is, Sean is weak. <laughs> no, he just sees what's in front of him. And I've said this to him many times, but I can't get mad at him for not having what I have because he can't get mad at me for not being able to pee off the side of the road. You, I wasn't built that way. Do you think it's because Sean bleached his hair too much before the show and it maybe went inside that's his... That's real. That's real? Oh, yes. okay. No. Next he question. Is, he, he, he's a great man, but he is not, he's not, he's not me. So our husbands, we just have to give them grace. Yeah. We have to give our husbands grace. Well, I'm going to group text <laughs> Sean and Abby after this. Next question. Mom advice. Be present in everything that you do because it's going to make me cry, but a lot of people don't get what we get don't get the opportunity to change a dirty diaper. Don't get the opportunity to stay up all night when a baby's crying. And women, some women yearn for that. They, they would die to be in that position. And I think that through all the chapters, good and bad, we have to stay grateful and present because 
it's our duty and we are blessed to be able to change that dirty diaper or to buy more, you know, baby formula or whatever that case may be. Trying to stay grateful in those really challenging moments is hard, but it definitely works out for the best. Two questions left. Second to <laughs> oh last. Gosh, lots of questions. How do you do all this while keeping your priority on your faith? Well, I think everything, God God and our faith permeates everything. So as long as you start off understanding, okay, and, and I, I fail at this all the time, but you have to realize, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? And how am I going to witness to others? How am I going to show who you are through everything we do? Um, and so that is really the first thing that you're supposed to do. And that really carries your day and you your perspective is different, your productivity is different, your level of no stress is different, your level of um, what matters to you that day. If something happens that's bad, you kind of rolls off your back if you really understand what today is supposed to be about. I love it. Last question. Someone, you, 11 years ago, someone else today, tomorrow, who's on the cusp of significant success, like real success, what's the advice? You go back 11 years ago and you could sit yourself down and sing you a song or tell you some antidote. What is the uh, advice you give to someone on the verge of being a massive success? I feel like what I did well that's helped me is create relationships that were real and honest and you could be vulnerable with them. Like I have friends that I can share certain things with that have no clue of what it really is to be like in this position, but that trust that you trust are for you or have your best intentions at heart. So like my best friend who signed me up for the show, she doesn't know what it was like to be in there and watch your man make out with other people or have to watch it back. And the pain that comes with watching your spouse you know, dance very sexually with somebody else. Like, she won't know those exact things that I'm feeling. You're but... not talking about when Sean and I did. You looked at me. I don't know. It, I didn't. It was not me. I can't with this. Okay, this is, we we have gone so far, Rogers. Sorry, sorry. Back to it. <laughs> um, but I think having the right people that you trust and starting that from the beginning is really wonderful. Just to have people that you trust, because I'm looking at. I'm watching the show. Um, I'm watching The Bachelorette. I'm watching something else. The people that are do not surround themselves with good people are the ones that are selling stories. The ones that are, you know, selling garbage stuff about those people that are in those positions because it's salacious. I never, I'm grateful to not have ex-boyfriends have been saying bad things about me for a story because I surrounded myself with people that are that I trust. I surrounded myself with people that were honest and good people that weren't going to hurt me when I was in this position. What, describe yourself in one word. You, you get to have one word that describes you. What is it? Passionate. Passionate. I love it. I was going to say, I think that out of everything, you're extremely consistent. And, and, and I mean that in a compliment, really? in a huge compliment. You're very consistent. There's no you're, you're predictable in a great way. Like there's, and I think that that's just part of, you know, why faith is at the center of your focus. Your husband sometimes is inconsistent. There's some stuff like, oh, well, that is the most consistent that, man I've ever seen in yeah. my life. But I think some the of his, squarest. Jo- his jokes, something like, oh, <laughs> right. I didn't well, expect yes. that. But, yes. Yes. But you're, you're very consistent. I think that that just keeps your, your level person. And, and I think that people like you are great for success and for notoriety, for fame, for celebrity, et cetera, because you bring a level of raw, you know, authenticity to the limelight. And I think that people need a lot more people like you 
in their life to look up to and to follow and to emulate because you have never once wavered from who you are and what you believe in. And that's why I wanted you to be a part of this. That's why I care about you and I'm grateful for you. And um, this has been really special. I've learned a lot and I think you'll inspire a lot of people. And the last question <laughs> is, have you looked at me no, this long in last, your entire the, life? The last no, question I've is, not. How, do people, how do people support you and the Lowe family? Where do we find you? Um, what what would be the, the takeaway as we end this? Where do we go find you on, um, on well, the internet? My husband is Sean Lowe KSU. <laughs> well, you play football Kansas State. <laughs> get it. Yeah. It's actually really funny. That's still, he still has an AOL account too for his email um i'm katherine judici no i have not legally changed my name nor have i done it on instagram but it's katherine judici get mad at me like I, it's not my fault <laughs> no, i'm just people love to sean low that's what he wants for his birthday is for me to legally change my name anyways um katherine judici and then loco is um low underscore co on instagram low concierge we don't really do too much on social media the short answer is the internet yeah just yeah, yeah just, just look go up to, sean go to the internet and if you want to follow a great family that like chase the right things and they do it with servants hearts while being like you're so approachable online and relatable which makes it even easier in person so Catherine, i'm grateful for you and your family and for uh, your time today and i'm excited for uh, people to hear your story and get to become an even bigger fan of you and the woman that you are and the people that you continue to help on a daily basis thank you rogers yeah thanks for coming i'm Catherine lowe this is how you sell without selling out rogers that